chapter 5 and we're going to be focusing today on verses 21 to 24 as we think together of the theme how to walk with God how to walk with God and boys and girls if you have the sheet this morning maybe on the back of the the, the sheet that has the the verse today you can draw a picture of two friends uh, walking somewhere together One of the best ways to either get to know someone or just to enjoy the company of someone you already know well is to go on a walk with them. And those of you who are married, I'd be fairly confident that some of your first dates way back in the day were times when you met up for a walk. Maybe that's what you do now when you meet up with an old friend. You make a point of meeting them for a walk. During the pandemic, there were times where you were only allowed to meet maybe one other person outside and so if you're out and about you might see two people you know walking with you know the two meters distance between them but nonetheless walking together talking together catching up something about going for a walk can be engaging and enjoyable it can even be very personal when you're walking with someone there there really isn't much point doing it unless you're going to talk it'd be very strange if you met up with a friend and Two of you just didn't say anything for the 20 minutes or 45 or however long you walk together. And as you talk, you you get to know each other better and your relationship is strengthened. Well, the Bible several times uses the language of walking with God to describe the Christian life. Someone who walks with God is someone who knows and loves God and who wants to know and love God more not saying that there are certain places that you literally have to go and walk in order to meet God or find God it's a picture of someone in a relationship with God in fact walking with God was really what human life was all about at the very beginning Uh, if you have your Bibles open at Genesis 5 you might turn back for just a moment to chapter 3 verse 8 we have this incredibly bittersweet sentence after Adam and Eve have fallen into sin. Genesis 3 verse 8 says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And so what we have there is a glimpse of the way things used to be before the fall. That in a perfect world, at a time when human beings were unhindered by sin, we had a perfect relationship with God. That God God literally came and walked with Adam and Eve in that beautiful sanctuary and spent time with them and enjoyed a relationship with them. But Genesis 4 and 5 have shown us that despite sin in the world... It is still possible to have a relationship with God. Uh, And we saw that at the end of chapter 4 verse 26 where we read of people beginning to call upon the name of God. And we thought about how that really describes a relationship of worship uh, to God. And it's developed further here in chapter 5 particularly regarding this man Enoch. Moses tells us twice here Genesis 5 verse 22 And also verse 24, Enoch walked with God. Moses is telling us that Enoch had a particularly close relationship with God. And if we're Christians, surely that's what all of us want as well. We want a closer and closer 
relationship with God. Well, Enoch here uh, teaches us a few things about that today. I want us to think, first of all, about how Enoch walked with God. How was it? How was it possible, or how did he continue to have this relationship with God? Well, first of all, Enoch walked with God by the Word of God. Enoch walked with God by the Word of God. Again, you can't go on a walk with someone unless one of you asks the other to go. There would be no point in you turning up this afternoon in Castle Wellen or Newcastle and, and just hoping that your best friend or a family member happens to be there that you would like to see and spend time with. Someone has to speak. Someone has to initiate for you to have that relationship. And Enoch was able to walk with God, friends, because God spoke to Enoch. And Enoch took up the invitation to walk with God. How did God speak to Enoch? There was no Bible. There was no perfect, complete word of God as we have it today in Enoch's time. So how did it happen? Well, Genesis 5 verse 5 tells us that Adam lived for 930 years. And we thought about the incredible length of time that these people lived a couple of weeks ago. Adam lived 930 years and then he died. And as you read through Genesis 5 and do your sums, you realize that Adam was still alive for almost all of Enoch's life. Adam was Enoch's great-great-great-great-grandfather. And of course, Enoch didn't just have Adam to speak to. He also had Seth and Enosh and Kenan and Mahalalel, his own father, Jared, all alive for hundreds and hundreds of years. What do you think these people talked about? Boys and girls, what do you think was the what do you think happened in their Sabbath school lessons if they had such a thing in those days? Well, the same thing that happens in your Sabbath school lessons today, they talked about God. And they talked about what God had said. These fathers and grandfathers and great-great-grandfathers, they told their sons all about what God had said. No, no doubt before the fall, but especially after the fall. That great promise that God made in Genesis 3.15 when he said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between her offspring and your offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. God promised Adam and everyone after Adam that a serpent crusher would come, one who would undo the curse of sin and death. And Adam and Seth and everyone else, friends, they told their children what God had said and they urged their children to put their trust in God, to, to walk with God. Again, Genesis 4.26 is very informative of what happened in the family line of Seth. Genesis 4.26, To Seth also a son was born and he called his name Enosh at that time people began to call upon the name of the Lord. The sons of Seth cried out to God. They, they trusted in God. They, they walked with God. And so Enoch took up the invitation from God's word to walk with him. But then also, uh, not only did Enoch walk by the word of God, he also walked by faith in God. By faith in God. Hebrews 11, we read it earlier. Uh, by faith, Enoch was taken up 
so that he should not see death and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Enoch walked with God, friends, by faith. We're not told that he got busy arranging 10 sacrifices a day or, you know, uh, making a list of good deeds that he would have to do to earn God's favor or he didn't start into some course of self-punishment or self-denial. He didn't have, as far as we know, some great glorious vision even of God. He walked with God by faith. He simply believed. God gave him faith to trust in those covenant promises that he had made uh, in, the, in, the, in the wake of the fall. Again Hebrews 11 verse 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. That's what it means to walk with God. That we're, tr- we're not trusting in our big long list of achievements. Whether it's at school or in the workplace or even in the church. We're not trusting in the money that we've made or donated We walk with God. We can only have a relationship with God by faith. And that's what Enoch did. He didn't trust in anything about himself. He trusted in the word of God. So he walked by the word of God. He walked by faith in God. And then he also walked with delight in God. He walked with delight in God. Enoch loved his walk with God. Enoch took delight in his walk with God. How do we know that? Well, for one thing, just look at Genesis 5 verse 22. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. So Enoch went on a 300 year walk with God, maybe even longer if he Uh, became a believer before Methuselah was born. The wording doesn't necessarily mean that he only became a believer after Methuselah was born. We don't know. But in any case, he walked with God for a really, really, really long time. As one preacher says, you don't go on a 300-year walk with someone you don't like. In fact, you probably don't go on any length of a walk with someone you don't like. As I said earlier, walks are a great way of building a relationship and getting to know someone and and if you like the person you're getting to know you want to spend more and more time with them. Enoch clearly friends liked God's company. What was true of David was true for Enoch. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked but his delight, his delight is in the law of God. Day by day as Enoch walked with God, meditated on his promises, offered him worship, spoke to him in prayer. It gave Enoch delight. And it's a challenging thought, friends, that if Enoch was able to delight in God and in God's word way back then, how much more should you and I be able to delight in God and his word today? We have even more, we have far more Of God's word revealed to us. Than Enoch had. We know that the serpent crusher of God. Promised in Genesis 3.15. Has come. The Lord Jesus Christ. What Enoch had to look ahead to in faith. Not knowing when it would happen. Or who it would be. Or how it would happen. We know the answers to all those questions. 
We know that Jesus has fulfilled all the promises and prophecies of God's word. We know that he has done all that is needed to save us from our sin. And so we have even more reason to delight in God, to walk closely with God than Enoch did. So are you walking with God? Is the thing that makes you most joyful, most thankful, most excited is the fact that you have a relationship with, the, with God through the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you taken up the invitation to walk with God? Maybe some of you either here in the building or listening in online, some of you haven't done that. Some of you are walking with other people, you're walking towards other places, towards other projects, and none of those things are necessarily bad in themselves, but they're not giving you the delight that your soul craves, a delight that can only be found through life in Christ. Do you want to know your God, the one who created you, who has purpose for you, who loves you, who, can, who is the only one who can take away the guilt of your sin? Do you delight to know him more? Do you have an appetite for his word and for understanding it and obeying it? All of that shows someone who is walking with God. So that's how Enoch, uh, some of the ways in which he walked with God. But uh, I want to think secondly then, not only about how Enoch walked with God, but secondly, I want to think about the fact that Enoch walked with God at a very wicked time. Enoch walked with God at a very wicked time. If you zoom out a bit and look at Genesis 4 to 6 as a whole, you see that Enoch lived roughly halfway between the fall and the flood. And of course, during that time, uh, generally speaking, human beings were getting more and more wicked. These sons of Seth were very much the exception to the rule in their day. Enoch was probably alive at roughly the same time as Lamech. Now this is not Lamech who is the father of Noah in Genesis 5. This is Lamech who was uh, one of the descendants of Cain that we read about in Genesis 4. This is the Lamech who took two wives and committed murder. And you might remember too that as we looked at Cain's family tree in chapter 4, we saw that they were the ones developing the tools and the technology and the culture None of which are bad in themselves, but in the hands of wicked men, they make a bad world even worse. And that's what, exactly what was happening during Enoch's lifetime, friends, and the lifetime of these other men mentioned in chapter 5. Just look how things have changed by Genesis 6 and verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So Enoch was living at a time when people were increasingly doing whatever sinful stuff they liked. Instead of repenting of it, they were celebrating it. They were boasting about it. Do you remember how Lamech boasted about what he had done? It was a wicked and increasingly more wicked time. And we, of course, are living in a very similar time to that today. We live in a silly, sick, sex-mad, self-mad, sad, sinful world. 
Just last week, a story was in the news in Northern Ireland about a group of men who had gathered up photographs of schoolgirls in their uniforms and were sharing them and commenting on them on Facebook. A few months ago, Amazon Prime spent a lot of money heavily promoting two new films. One was a new version of Cinderella, in which the fairy godmother is a transgender man. The other was a film called Jamie, all about an English schoolboy who wants to become a drag queen. During a radio interview a couple of weeks ago, the leader of the Labour Party was asked whether he believes that it's possible for a woman to have male genitalia. And the fact that that question even needs to be asked is bad enough, but worse was the fact that the politician wasn't able to give a direct answer. See, we're living at a time when people aren't ashamed of their sin. They're proud of it. They celebrate it. They fly flags for it. The only people who are made to feel ashamed of anything are the people who suggest that those ways of life are wicked and foolish and will lead to disaster and death. And maybe you find all of that very discouraging and it's a difficult time to be a Christian and maybe those of you who are mums and dads, grandmothers, grandfathers, uncles and aunts, you think, well, it's definitely more difficult now to be a Christian than it was for my parents and it's going to be more difficult for my children than it has been for me. And all of that's true, but friends, at a time that was even worse, Enoch still managed to walk with God. It's still possible to walk with God in a world full of sin and temptations and pressure. It's possible for you to walk into your office or your hospital ward or your staff room every day with God, in relationship with God, known by him, loved by him, blessed and spiritually empowered and protected by him to live for his glory. Boys and girls, it's possible for you to walk into your schools, even if you're the only Christian in your class, and for you to walk into those corridors and classrooms with God. Jesus says to you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's possible for us to go into changing rooms where other people are maybe sharing dirty jokes or dirty videos and blaspheming the name of Jesus and for you to still be someone walking with God. It's possible for you to face all kinds of temptations to laziness or to gossip or coveting or short-temperedness. It's possible for you to resist those temptations because you are walking with God. Enoch was walking, he was able to walk with God at a time when very few other people did. And if he could do it back then, we can do it today. It takes effort, it takes care, it takes prayer, but it can be done. Paul says in Ephesians 5 verse 15, look carefully then how you walk. Again, a way of describing the Christian life. Not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So he acknowledges the days are evil, but it's still possible to walk with God. So let's ask God for the help to do that in the midst of the wicked world in which we live. So we've thought about how Enoch walked with God very particularly. We've thought about the fact that he walked with God uh, in a wicked world. Thirdly, Enoch walked with God in very ordinary places. 
He walked with God in very ordinary places. Look at Genesis 5, verse 22. Enoch, Enoch walked with God after he had fathered Methuselah for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God. Notice, friends, Enoch was walking with God whilst living an ordinary life. Enoch, we're told, had sons and daughters. That means he had to provide for those sons and daughters and presumably his wife as well. He had to go out and work hard every day, just like we do. Along with his wife, he had to feed them and nurse them and wipe them and teach them how to walk and maybe in those days teach them how to hunt or how to uh, plant food, plant, plant uh, vegetation that they would be able to use for food. Had to teach them how to do a hard day's work. Enoch walked with God, friends, whilst living an ordinary life. An increasing number of people, including some Christians, seem to think that to walk with God means you go off somewhere and you maybe have some kind of spiritual experience. You look at a beautiful sunset and you somehow see God. Or you just go and get some me time by walking in a forest or looking very uh, piously at a tree or you sit with your legs crossed and your hands out like Rafiki in The Lion King and you say, um, over and over again. Well, that's all nonsense. We don't need to go to any particular place. We're not to wait about for some epiphany in nature. You don't have to be, uh, you don't have to go off and live in a cave like a monk to walk with God. You don't have to be in full-time Christian ministry to walk with God. You can walk with God in very ordinary places, during very ordinary life circumstances. Reverend Donnelly preaching in this passage says, We can't say the world is too wicked to be walking with God. Enoch did. We can't say we're too busy raising a family to walk with God. Enoch did. We can't say we're too busy working hard every day at my job to walk with God. Enoch had to work hard every day too. We do have this tendency, and we can all slip into it at various times, but we can have a tendency to think of our relationship with God as something confined to certain parts of our lives. God gets the Lord's day, or he gets the... 15 or 30 or however many minutes of a quiet time we have or he gets my attendance at church meetings. Friends, to walk with God is to commit every part of every day of our lives to him. Boys and girls, part of walking with God for you is doing your homework as best you can, whether you like the subject or not, because the Bible says we should do everything to the glory of God. Walking with God, adults, means that the voice that we seek to listen to, the voice that we are to be most influenced by each day, are not the, the influencers on social media or the gossip in the office or wherever else it is, but God's voice through God's word. Walking with God means committing the day's work pressures, family pressures to God in prayer, offering up those little arrow prayers as you walk into the doctor's surgery or into the job interview or wherever it is that you're walking into tomorrow morning. Walking with God, parents, includes family worship at the dinner table or at the bedside of your children. 
asking them what they would like you to pray for at the end of another day. Walking with God is not for super spiritual people who only do super spiritual things. God wants us to walk with him in very ordinary places. So we've thought about how to walk with God. We've thought about the fact that Enoch walked with God in a wicked world and in very ordinary places. And fourthly and finally this morning, we want to think about the result of walking with God. The result of walking with God. Look at Genesis 5 verse 24. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Isn't that a beautiful way to describe Enoch leaving this earth and going to heaven? Uh, The word take there, it can have the meaning of uh, taking hold of something that, that is yours by law. Laying hold of something that you have a lawful claim to. You own it and so you decide to take it. It's the same word, of course, used to describe what happened to Elijah. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11 says that he was taken up, or he would be taken up into heaven. And we touched on this last time, but it bears repeating today that what happened to Enoch and Elijah, and it only happened to those two people as far as we know, it's a signpost towards the fact that for all God's people, eternal life is ours in Jesus Christ. Genesis 5.24 stands out a mile in this chapter, of course, because every other person mentioned it says, and he died. Adam, 930 years, and he died. Kenan, 910 years, and he died. And we just keep reading the words over and over again. It's like the drumbeat. It's the, the bell tolling for one generation after another, called to the grave. But Enoch isn't. Enoch walked with God and he was not because God took him away. And in this chapter on the whole, as we considered at length the last time, Moses is not necessarily saying that none of these other men had a relationship with God, by the way. But he's emphasizing nonetheless that since Adam's fall into sin, no one can escape death. That it's a miraculous thing if anyone escapes death. The wages of sin is death, Paul says, Romans 6.23, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Enoch did not die. He lived his life looking forward in faith to the one who would come, the serpent crusher, the life giver, the judge of all mankind. It was interesting, wasn't it, to read in Jude 14 that Enoch was a prophet, a preacher, Jude says, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment. And so Enoch lived as a witness, urging others to do what he was doing, to walk with God before the judgment of God would come. And we are called to do the same, friends. We are called to walk with God and to make known in a wicked world and in ordinary places the need to escape death. The wonderful thing about the story of Enoch, of course, even though he didn't die, is the comfort that he brings us for when we die. Because we will die. Unless the Lord Jesus returns first, we will die. But Enoch, in escaping death, gives us hope 
for life beyond death, of eternal life with God. One preacher in this passage said that a little girl, about six years old, having heard the story of Enoch in church one week, she retold it to her mother at home in the following way. Enoch and God were great friends, and they went out for a walk every day and talked about all sorts of things. One day they went for a very big walk, and Enoch said, Oh dear, it's getting late. I better get on home. And God said, Enoch, why don't you just come on home with me? Enoch didn't die, but his story shows us what will happen to us even if we do die with faith in Christ. God will take us home to be with him. And so, are you walking toward death today because of your sin? Are you walking toward judgment with your sin not dealt with? Are you walking towards eternal life because your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ? The one who did something even greater than Enoch. Enoch didn't die, but Jesus conquered death. Jesus died and rose and has the victory and offers life to all those who trust in him. And so if you haven't yet, begin walking with him today, assured that eternal life is yours by faith in him. Amen.